Chapter Seventeen of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. No Quarter by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter Seventeen new faces and old foes while colonel lunsford and captain trevor were waiting for the haw-haw gate to be opened they had seen the figures of two ladies outlined in the withdrawing-room windows one in each as yet the two gentlemen were not visible to them these being behind and half hidden by the arras curtains as the officers came closer with eyes still upon the windows those of lunsford after a hasty glance at vaga remained fixed upon sabrina in steadfast earnest gaze as on one for the first time seen but eliciting instant admiration trevor had his eyes only for the younger of the sisters his thoughts going back to the last time he had been there he remembered it with bitterness for he had fancied himself slighted and if so the time had come for retaliation what a beautiful woman by the cistus of god of venus a venus herself it was the ex-lieutenant of the tower who thus exclaimed which queried reginald trevor with more than common interest well knew he the flagitious character of the man who was once more his commanding officer which what a superfluous question the tall the dark one of course yellow hair isn't to be compared with her for a moment perhaps not rejoined trevor pretending assent glad to think his military superior was not likely to be his rival in love certes both seem beauties in their different styles ran on the reprobate who'd ever have expected such a pair in this out-of-the-way corner of creation i wish sir john had given us orders to take up quarters in hollymead house for a week or two that may come yet when the devil his final ejaculation had naught to do with what preceded the mention of his satanic majesty was due to his having caught sight of a face behind that he was in the act of admiring but the face of a man a man well known to him one he hated yet feared as could be told by the scowl instantly overspreading his countenance along with a whitening of the lips nothing of this observed reginald trevor whose features changed expression at the same time his thoughts all absorbed in what he saw for himself the face of another man at the other window 
in close proximity to that of Vargapalo. Eustace still here. What the deuce can that mean? Both exclamation and question were unspoken, though accompanied by a sharp pang of jealousy. Some presentment of this he had felt before, on the evening when he met his handsome cousin at the gate of Hollymead Park, going on to the house. And here was Eustace yet, when, by all the rules, he should have been gone days ago, standing by the girl's side, apparently on terms of the most friendly familiarity. He was not permitted to see them side by side much longer, nor Lunsford the other pair, for Sabrina becoming indignant at the bold glances the latter was directing upon her, moved away from the window, Vaga doing the same, the two finally retiring from the room. Another change of tableau took place by Sir Richard appearing at the window occupied by the ex-gentleman usher, which was that nearest the door, as he did, saying, Master Trevor, I want you to be witness. See and hear for yourself how your cavaliers and king's officers comport themselves. If I mistake not, you'll have an opportunity now in the words as well as tone was conveyed an insinuation which ten days before eustace trevor would have resented by drawing sword all the more that his own kinsman came in for a share of it he had no thoughts of doing so now since then his sentiments social as political had undergone a remarkable change and he but answered the observation by pressing in to the window till his face almost touched the glass by this lunsford had halted and formed his troop from flank to line fronting the house the movement brought the cousins face to face at close distance eustace bowing in a frank familiar manner the cold distant nod vouchsafed in return would have surprised and perplexed him but for a suspicion of the cause his own conscience had whispered it all this while was ambrose powell standing in the porch just as when he gave reception to reginald trevor delivering that letter of privy seal so contemptuously torn up nor looked he now repentant for having torn it instead defiant as ever for he had cast his eyes over and beyond the men in uniform taking stock of those out of it compared numbers and made mental estimate of the chances for a successful resistance a word too had reached him from inside spoken from the door of the withdrawing room by sir richard walwyn so that when colonel lunsford approached 
in the swaggering way he had been accustomed to in the low country he was met with a firm front and look of calm defiance it all the more irritated the king's officer thinking of him he had observed inside and with the soldiers at his back supposing himself master of the situation all the more determined him to show his teeth you are ambrose powell i take it were his first words spoken without even the ceremony of a salute as he brought his horse's head between the supporting columns of the porch ambrose powell i am sir responded the master of hollymead if you doubt my identity he added in his old satirical tone i refer to the gentleman by your side he knows me if i mistake not this was a shaft shot at reginald trevor further stinging him too but it was not his place to reply and he bore it in sullen silence oh lightly ejaculated lunsford it don't need the formality of captain trevor's endorsement i'll take it for granted you're the man i want he spoke as might a policeman of modern days about to run in some unfortunate infringer of the laws the man you want and pray what for only to pay your debts debts sirrah i have no debts oh yes you have and right well you know it master powell maybe you'd prefer my calling it your dues be it so nor dues neither i owe no one anything there i beg leave to contradict you you owe the king three thousand pounds just dues for maintenance of the state your share of supply for its necessary expenses as i understand you've been asked for payment already and refused but now now i do the same the king will get no three thousand pounds from me he will no never yes now this day this very hour if you don't give it willingly why i must take it from you must and shall possibly you haven't so much money in the house no matter for that we can levy on your plate of which i'm told you've got good store glad to know it i'm in earnest master ambrose powell and mean what i say when tom lunsford has a duty to do he does it so make no mistake i'm not the man to go back empty-handed if you be tom lunsford sneeringly retorted the master of hollymead not likely i've heard of you sir robbers as you rarely leave any place empty-handed robbers cried the colonel now furious how dare you apply such epithet to me 
an officer of the king i dare to the king's self if he stood there beside you a curse upon you caitiff you shall rue your rash words no sir that i have the power to punish sedition as recursancy but i won't palter speech with you any longer do you still refuse to lend the money pay it i should rather say oh you needn't have taken the trouble to correct yourself it's a demand all the same the stand and deliver of a highwayman but you shall have an answer i still refuse it then it shall be taken from you sirrah if so sirrah twill be under protest under protest be it as you like about that devil care i <laughs> and lunsford laughed again then turning to the troop he called out to his first sergeant dismount robins and follow me with a couple of files saying which he flung himself out of the saddle and made to ascend the steps of the porch you don't enter my house by an open door cried the master of hollymead stepping backward you'll have to break it in first he added gliding into the hallway dashing the door to behind him and double bolting it inside almost immediately after strong oaken shutters moved by invisible hands were seen to close upon all the windows of the lower story till hollymead house looked as though its inmates had suddenly and mysteriously abandoned it end of chapter seventeen